October 15, 2016, was a night just like this. It was a night before a big marathon. It was a night before the Kansas City Marathon. It was a night that God prompted a seven-year-old girl to get involved and to make a difference in her world. She learned about Team World Vision the night before this marathon. Her mother was involved with Team World Vision, and she was at a Team World Vision dinner. And she learned about the need for clean water for children and for their families. Her name is Addison Moffat. The same night, that very same night, Addie asked her parents if she could run the half marathon in 2017. She asked, how do you train for a half marathon right away, the first night? Then her second question was, how do you raise money for clean water? Her parents took her seriously and they prayed for God's wisdom in guiding their daughter. She trained with both her dad and her mom, and she set her goal at $1,310 because she was running 13.1 miles. She raised $20,600 in 2017. We have a little video. Meet Addie Moffat. Before her school day ever starts, you'll find nine-year-old Addison and her dad out running the streets of Kansas City. Running a half marathon is impressive for a nine-year-old, but her motivation is the real story. I ran for um, kids in Africa that don't have clean water. I felt sad for them because I knew they were just like me and they didn't have the opportunity that I have. Addison is running for Team World Vision, raising money to give more children access to clean water. She learned about the water crisis when she made friends with a girl from Africa. So while her training is hard, she's on a mission to change the world, with her family cheering her on. We talk a lot about we run for the kids. Uh, we talk a lot about that there's kids walking every day, on average, almost four miles a day to get access to dirty water, and so that encourages her to keep going. Last year, Addison raised more than $20,000 for Team World Vision. She's dreaming big. Um, we can't snuff this out. Like, this is something real for her, and she's passionate about this. And she's not slowing down. I want to see every kid have clean water in my lifetime. So that was uh, 2018. She ran the marathon in 2018. Because she had raised 20,600, she raised in 2018 she raised her goal to 20,650. She raised over $60,000 in 2018. She's running in 2019 half marathon for Team World Vision. Her goal is $60,000. As of today, she has already raised $24,456. She still has a couple of months. Addie is a hero to us all. Since 2017, she's raised over $105,000, which uh, covers 2,100 kids. Clean water for life. So, at the eve of our marathon, what does God want to do through us? Our key passage tonight is Psalm chapter uh, 119, 
verse uh, 32, and um, let me just read it to you. It's very short. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. It's 168 verses. We're only going to look at one. And here's what uh, David the psalmist writes in verse 32. I run the path of your commands, for you have set me free. I run the path of your commands, for you have set me free. So um, running on God's path takes commitment. That's the first thing I want us to see. It takes commitment. And it's a choice. Verse 32, I run in the path of your commands. So King David speaks of pursuing God's commands. That's his desire. Uh, it expresses his decision, his focus for living. He chooses to be a devoted follower of the true and living God. He uses running as a metaphor. Uh, he wants to be quick to obey God's commands. He wants not to be lazy or sluggish when he has instructions from God. David expressed his desire to be energetic toward God. You know, we too have a choice about how to relate to God. We could be sluggish or lazy in responding to God. Sometimes we maybe ignore Him or pick and choose what we want to respond to. David says, I choose to run toward God. I choose to run in a path um, and to, be, uh, to put my energy into it, to move along quickly. It also uh, uh, takes perseverance. Running on God's path takes uh, perseverance. Uh, just like you who have trained for runs before, some of you, uh, you know, I, I was once a runner a long time ago, so I've uh, experienced some of this. It's kind of foggy in my memory, but you have trained this year, and uh, on the cold, really cold days, and on the snowy days and on the rainy days and sometimes even on the warm days and they're all different and, and uh, it requires perseverance it's about every day tying up the shoes I'm going to do this maybe I don't feel like it that's really a good metaphor for following Christ and living out the Christian life Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 I've preached this on Marathon Eve many times but this is a really uh, an excellent passage. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we have a lot of people watching, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, because it's easily get tripped up, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Running with perseverance. We need endurance. We get tired. We become weary. And um, this is just like that Psalm 119, verse 32. It's about running on God's course. It's the race marked out for us. This is a good way just to talk about the Christian life. It's marked out. It's marked out for us in the New Testament. Uh, some places are out of bounds for us as Christ followers, sexual immorality, lying or stealing or gossip or slander, there's a lot of things that are out of bounds. And when we're walking, when we're running, when we're pursuing, 
God's instructions were on course. Um, you have trained. How many here have, are, have been training and are running tomorrow? How many here? Raise your hands, please. Now, not just for Team World Vision, but if you're running or walking for tomorrow. Okay? So, uh, would you stand? I'm going to pray for you right now. If you're, if you're running or walking, whether it's with Team World Vision or not, I want to pray for you. And if you're serving tomorrow, let's see your hands. Okay. Would you stand also? Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you uh, for all these people who have uh, prepared to serve tomorrow, uh, those who are running and walking. God, we pray for their uh, safety and their protection. Um, may you watch over their health. Um, may you protect them from injury and harm. And um, may they just experience um, a good race tomorrow. Thank you for those who are serving, um, maybe at a water station or somewhere else on the course. Um, thank you, God, for them. May you give them joy in serving, and uh, together uh, we all can make a difference. And we just want to commit this to you. We commit tomorrow to you. We commit the outcome to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Yes. Back to Psalm 119, verse 32. Um, the old NIV, I'm a 1984 NIVer. Uh, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. So running on God's path brings freedom. Next slide. Verse 32, here's where we see this. But in the new NIV... Uh, that's the one that, uh, if you grabbed a Bible when you came in, that's the one in the new NIV, and that's the one I have here in my notes. It says, uh, I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. That's not, doesn't sound quite the same as you have set my heart free. And uh, there's kind of a difference here. And I, I'm, In this case, I'm not real excited about the new NIV um, but here's the idea of broadening my understanding. It increases my view of God. It increases my view of reality. It increases my view of spiritual reality because they're both extremely important. It, it increases my view of right priorities. Now, I prefer the ESV in this passage. And uh, it, here's what it says. I run the path of your commands because you have enlarged my heart. And that's really a good understanding of the passage. You have enlarged my heart. God, you have grown my heart. Not physically. We don't want bigger hearts normally, physically. We want to expand our hearts for God. We want to grow our hearts for God. We want to grow our hearts for people. God, when we run in the path of God's commands, God grows our hearts. Doesn't happen when we're not pursuing our relationship with God. Um, 
It's not about a big heart. It's not about a small heart for God. It's about a big heart. And um, the the 1984 NIV says, "You have set me free," and that's inappropriate because um, if you have a large heart for God, it overcomes a whole lot of obstacles. We're going to look at some of those in just a minute. Jesus had a similar idea in John chapter eight, verses thirty-one and thirty-two. He said, if you hold to my teaching, uh, New American says, if you continue in my word, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I remember verse 32 was on a building that I, in my college years, and I thought, that's really cool. I didn't know it's from the Bible. And of course, it took me a few years to figure this out, but the truth really does set us free. Um, we will know who God is. We will know how to connect with God's heart so that our heart becomes like his heart. Um, The idea that you will be able to run with energy to pursue God's commands. Your heart will be set free to run with energy. Freedom from what? If you're set free, freedom from what? Well, what about freedom from fear? Fear of death or dying, fear of failure, fearing of abandonment, uh, fear of uh, not being loved. Freedom from worry because God cares for us. Freedom from evil oppression because of his great power for us. Freedom from sin. Freedom from addictions. Freedom from destructive thoughts or obsessive thoughts or out of control eating or drinking. The Apostle Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. He says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And here's this movement, empowered by the Holy Spirit, walking one step at a time, one day at a time, moving in the path of God's commands with his power, with his strength, with his strength. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so you do not do whatever you want. And that's really a good reminder right there. Uh, There is a conflict. It's normal if you're a Christ follower. It's normal. The flesh and the spirit. I have uh, temptations sometimes to be selfish and self-focused because I'm living in this body. I also have the ability to live and to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that there is a tension about that is normal if you're human. But you don't have to live in the capacity of the flesh. You can walk in the capacity of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then verse 18 says, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. You're you're not under uh, the guilt and shame uh, of the law. You are... you're walking in freedom because you're pleasing God and the power 
of the Holy Spirit. You're able to run more efficiently. Free, uh, freedom for what? To serve God and others, which enables us to run more efficiently. Um, so, it not only brings freedom, uh, running in the path of God's commands not only brings freedom, it also brings responsibility. Running in the path of God's command brings responsibility. There are re many responsibilities that we have as Christ followers. You know, the New Testament is full of things that we are to do, commands that we are to walk into or to run into, like husbands, love your wives. You can go ahead and remind your husband if you need to. Husbands, love your wives. We, that's what it means to follow God's command and to run in, in the path of his commands. Um, children, obey your parents. That's just one of those commands we have. We are to uh, ob obey governing authorities, even when we don't like it. Uh, we're not to show personal favoritism. We are to forgive others. Those are just things that we know about. Um, those are our responsibilities. However, I'm going to focus on one tonight, and, and just one that expresses the heart of God. And it's our responsibility to care for the under-resourced. In Hebrews 11.25, excuse me, Proverbs 11.25, it says, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. For those of you who have raised funds this year for Team World Vision, every $50 will refresh one child for life. God's, God wants his people to, um, to be generous with, uh, to people who, are, who have needs. Uh, Proverbs 14.21 says, It's a sin to despise one's neighbor, but it is blessed. But blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. The, the ESV is a little better here. It says generous to the needy. God says, uh, Scripture says that we are blessed. We experience God's favor on us when we are generous uh, with, to the needy. It honors God. Proverbs 19, 17 says, whoever oppresses the poor, uh, whoever is kind to the poor, and ESV says whoever is generous to the poor, uh, lends to the Lord, he will reward them for what they have done. Proverbs 21, 13. Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Is it possible that sometimes our prayers are not answered because we are a bit stingy with our resources at times? Is it possible that some of our prayers don't get answered because we focus on ourselves. Um, Proverbs uh, 22, 9. The generous will themselves be blessed, find God's favor, for they share their food with 
the poor. They share resources with the poor. Proverbs 28, verse 27, those who give to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to them receive many curses. And Proverbs, last, last passage is 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 and 18. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So God has provided for us for our enjoyment. When you think about this, according to um, the globalrichlist.org, if your family income is $32,400, you are in the top 1% of income in the world. Do we have resources? We are in the top, we're in the 99th percentile. If you're at $20,000 income, you are in the 96th percent, uh, percentile of income in our world. And um, verse 18 says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. Uh, it's appropriate for us. God has so designed his church that his church be a resource to meet needs in our world. God never put any expectation on our government to meet the needs of poor people. But God has given us the responsibility to help meet this need. So um, there's a lot of good causes that we can support, um, and I'm sure that if we took, if we went around and interviewed you, there's just a whole lot of causes that you have supported or you are supporting right now. There are a lot of good, good ones, good, good causes, good opportunities to give. And you know, we're not going to take an offering tonight. Okay, so here I'm talking about generosity. We're not taking an offering. The goal is not to. Um, increase any particular funds. If you, if you are interested in Team World Vision, maybe you're new to Team World Vision, just grab one of the people with an orange shirt and ask them about Team World Vision. And if you're, if you're interested, $50 supports one child for life, okay? That's not the purpose of this message. The purpose is God wants his people to be generous for a lifetime, not just tonight. And so God wants to grow our hearts. He wants us to enlarge our hearts for him and uh, for, for people. Um, we have a core value at the bridge that you're probably aware of. i just like to remind us of the core value. Generosity is God's antidote for materialism. Generosity expresses the heart of God and a heart for God. So it's my prayer that God will enlarge our hearts to know him and to love him. Listen to uh, the words of Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. So we read uh, verse 1 earlier. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with 
perseverance, the Christian life, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. He's the focus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And the next slide. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. He endured the cross for us. We're going to close our service tonight remembering what Jesus did for us, that he endured the cross in our behalf. Uh, his life, his death, his resurrection are central to the reason for our existence. When we, uh, a time of communion is personal and corporate. It is personal because we stop and remember what God has done for us. When you think about it, God loved us so much, he knew everything about us, he knew all of our failures, all of our sin, he loves us, he knows us personally, and it's about a personal relationship with him. And when we take communion, we are responding back. We are remembering what he's done for us, his sacrifice, his love. And, it, and it's, a, it's a time where we say, thank you, God. Thank you for what you have done for me. It's personal. And the scripture tells us that we are to examine our lives before uh, we share in this experience. And that's why it's so important that we just uh, reflect and, and evaluate and uh, are we okay with God? Is there anything that I need to confess to him before I, I take part in communion? And we have the privilege to confess our sins directly to God and to be, for, to be forgiven when we're honest with him. We have the promise if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. So I want to take uh, a short time for reflection. I'm going to invite those who are going to serve to come and prepare our uh, communion, and I'm going to invite the worship team to please come, and uh, let's all just pray together. Father, we just want to pause right now. And Father, I ask that you would indeed enlarge our hearts for you and for your commands. Give us big hearts for you. May you uh, grow us continually into generous people. And Father, as we come tonight to share in communion, when we, when we take... Um, the bread into our hands. It's a reminder of Jesus' body given for us. He, he died and took our place. We deserve death, and he took our place and experienced death for us. And when we take the cup, uh, we are reminded that it represents his blood, his blood that was shed on our behalf. The cost of our salvation he paid it all. And God, we just want to say thank you.
And God, if there's anything in our lives right now that we need to address with you, may you point that out. May your spirit uh, show us uh, anything in our hearts that's not pleasing to you. And may we just honestly, before you, admit that and confess it back to you. Father, if it's pride, if it's selfishness, if it's been sloppy obedience, if it's unkind words, if it's a struggle with an addiction, show us whatever it is, God. May we be honest with you and confess. Thank you, God, for the wonderful promise of 1 John 1, 9. For all the sins that have been confessed here in this room, you are faithful. You have forgiven and purified us of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. So the way we celebrate communion at the bridge is um, it's, it's open to all who call themselves Christ followers. You don't have to be a member here. Um, and you can just, whenever you're ready, you can just come forward to one of the stations and, and take the bread, and take the cup, and then go back uh, to your seat, and you can take whenever you're ready. As a brand-new Christ follower uh, at the age of 25, I began to take my giving back to the Lord very seriously. And um, so it was really easy for me to give to the church and to support missionaries all through the years. But to be honest, I, Sue and I um, really didn't have a, much of an impact on helping under-resourced people in our world. Uh, we always supported our Mercy Fund and our church, but we really, it was only about 10 years ago that we began to take seriously uh, supporting uh, widows and orphans and sponsoring children. And uh, so um, it's been a growing thing for us, and we want to continue to grow uh, as long as we're breathing. So uh, thank you so much for coming tonight. Uh, God bless you all. Have a great day tomorrow. And thank you all. We're dismissed.